Brina Palencia, and you're listening to Byte. How's it going, everybody? That's right. It's my voice, which means it's time for another Anime A-Team, the only anime podcast broadcast throughout the Borderlands. As always, I am your host, Aiden Hall. Joining me today, as ever, is my wonderful red-headed co-host, the indomitable... Royce McCoy. Now, you didn't come for us. No, you came for the name. Continuing our little Straw Hat Crew interview <laughs> dream plan we have another wonderful voice actor with us she has done amazing work on borderlands as moxie she was in the recent battleborn she's done C uh, cl phantom hive in uh black butler she was also everyone's favorite dog girl nina tucker in full metal alchemist oh. ladies and gentlemen it is my honor to introduce brina palencia miss palencia how are you today i'm doing quite well how are you i think we're doing great yeah yeah it's, uh, i mean it's raining but other than that yeah pretty great well, I mean, rain is better than a drought. That's true. That's, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. So what got you into voice acting in the beginning? What made you decide to start with it? Uh, well, I mean, my whole life I had always wanted to be an actor, just in general. Uh, when I was a kid, I would practice monologues in my bedroom and was just really into it. And I had never really thought about voice acting as a possible... Um, career path until when I was in high school, I had taken a tour of Funimation um, because I was a big Dragon Ball Z fan. And a group of me and my friend, my nerdy friends, we all d did a tour. And we actually were watching Chris Sabat record as Vegeta. And oh, it, was, wow. it, was, it was just really cool because I remember watching it and just thinking like, wow, I really would love to do that. This seems amazing. And when I graduated high school, um, Lucky me, I'm poor, so I went to community college. And uh, communi the community college I was going to happened to be uh, just like a couple miles from where the studio, where Funimation was at the time. And this was so long ago. I mean, this was like uh, like 12 years ago. Um, and so I just walk was able to walk in. You can't do this at Funimation. In fact, people have tried to do this since then. I have, like a lot of people have been like, you should stop telling your story. Like just make something else up. <laughs> um, but a lot of people have tried to do this since then and have gotten blacklisted. So I highly recommend not doing my version okay. of this. But I just walked in and I asked how to audition. And they, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure I was the only one to have ever done it at that time because they were like so flabbergasted that I was even there and that I knew where they were. And they were just like, <laughs> oh, um, I, I don't know. Let's ask some people. And so they just like drugged me around the studio and they were like, hey, do you know how she can audition? And so <laughs> <laughs> they uh, gave me a phone number to call to uh, so that I could come in for one of the open casting calls. And um Again, very different. It was only two months that I had to wait, whereas now, unless you know somebody or have a reference, it's like two years wow. <laughs> if you're on that list or whatever. The waiting list is so long. So, yeah, that's how I started. And I, you know, didn't get cast in anything the first time, but they liked me enough that they brought me in to do, like, what's called Walla, which is... um. Like, it's, it's the group stuff whenever, you know, you see the main characters are walking through uh, a mall or something and you hear that kind of murmuring in the background. That's like three or four people in a booth just like 
improv conversations together like, yes, we're in a ball. I love Apple or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's really funny. It's crazy to think that a voice actor that I know so well is they, they got their start by walking in asking, how do I audition? And the response was, That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I think now you can just go to Funimation, like their website, and you can, uh, like, I think it's such a commonly asked question now that I think it's actually on their website, like where you can email people and whatever to be on the waiting list. You're a trendsetter. I know. I just knew what was up. I, think I, was, I was just that big of a nerd that I knew what anime was 10 years ago and nobody else did. Uh, so uh, you've also done a lot of work on video games. Uh, clearly, they're like very different processes. Like what, what stands out to you as the big differences? Well, I mean, the biggest difference is that it's not made yet. With anime, it's already made. So oh, you already wow. hear a, pr a prior um, performance of it. People are always comparing you to that prior performance. Um, the boat, so like that's kind of the negative side. And also because it's pre-animated, you have to uh, your um, your performance is dictated by how it was animated. So you are only you only have this much space to say this line, no matter yeah. how dramatic you want to be or whatever, you have to fit it all into that one line or that one, that tiny space. And so it's kind of like acting with weights on the positive side of it is that you do get to see the animation and what they're going for beforehand. So with games, you don't really see a lot of the animation. You might see like a, a real basic, like sort of skeleton of what, the scene will sort of look like maybe if you're lucky, but oh, usually, yeah, at most, wow. usually at most you just get a picture of the character. Um, and then you just kind of have to go off of that and whatever the director tells you they're going for. Um, but you have so much more freedom. So if you have a good director and they're able to kind of paint the picture for you, of what they're going for, like you can really play a lot with the games. I mean, especially with gearbox, cause most of their stuff tends to be a lot more comedic. Um, it's it's a lot more fun like you get to you kind of get to you get to fly a lot more <laughs> instead of having to you know do that whole acting with weights on you have so much more freedom so like going off of that when you went into borderlands the first one like how much of the game was there for you to see when you had to start voice acting for it none of it <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I had a picture of what moxie looked like well and it's funny too because when i first went in I was so confused as to why they cast me as Moxie. I'm still, like, now I feel like I'm pretty good at it. But, like, man, when I first started, like, I had never done a sexy character like that before. Mm -hmm. I always either voiced little boys or, <laughs> like, nerdy girls. And, like, I, yeah, I just didn't, I, it was so foreign. To, it was so foreign to me to voice a sexy character. It's still kind of foreign, but... Uh, yeah, when I walked in, I seriously thought my agent just had it wrong. I thought for sure they mean a different character. <laughs> There's no way I'm playing that character. And so when I walked in, I was like, cool, so uh, what character are we doing? And they were like, oh, did your agent not tell you? It's uh, Mad Moxie. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we'll see how this goes. And I thought for <laughs> sure after the first session, they would have recast me, but thank God they didn't. Um, but yeah, it was hard. It was really hard for me to kind of get into it and really know how to do that it was it's a very foreign concept to me now when you you did do moxie and borderlands and you recently did uh, melka and battleborn what was was there a different tone between these two different gearbox games or was it just like coming in and doing what you've done the whole time 
Well, the characters that I play are very different. Their tone, like their placement is in the same place in my voice. But as far as the delivery, it's very, very different. Um, Melka is not a sex pot. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think Moxie has a tendency, though she's been through a whole lot in her life, she... Um, she hides it. I mean, she hides her real accent. She hides a lot. I mean, her whole, she has a whole facade of a persona. Whereas I think Melka, uh, and, and, and that's how Moxie protects herself is through that facade. Whereas I right. think Melka protects herself with being a badass, like with just being hard. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that their backstories are so different and the way that they Protect, protect their heart and their emotions is so different. Um, and I think that Melka is a lot more dry. Like uh, the reads tended to be flatter with her than with Moxie because she's that very, sing you know, she's so <laughs> like, oh, hey, sugar, like just so all over the place. Like, <laughs> whereas Melka is just like, hey, what's up? She was a lot closer to myself. She, she came a lot easier to me than Moxie did because I felt like, her her tactics as far as how she dealt with stuff tend, tended to be a lot closer to what I do. Uh, do you feel like the first Borderlands coming out and then seeing all of that, do you feel like that changed the way the Moxie was in the second one? Like seeing the character fully in flesh changed how you interpret it the first time when all you had was a picture? Uh, well, I never played the game. Okay. Um, but I, I did see it. My husband played it, which was super weird. Because was he good at it? <laughs> uh, yeah, my husband's a good gamer. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was super weird though because I would like be asleep or something and he'd be playing Borderlands in the other room. And because I know all the voice actors, like coming out of a sleep, I'd be like, why is Colleen in my house? Like, <laughs> so confused. Oh, wow. And, and then I'd like walk in and be like, what? Oh, you're playing Borderlands. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> But yeah, as far as like the second, uh, the second Borderlands was a lot, honestly, they, they just had a lot more time with the character because Moxie, you know, she was a DLC before and she kind of, the purpose that she served was just to be the kind of like the ringmaster. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the second one, she had a different purpose. Like she had, she fed more into the overall story. So they were able to give her a lot more depth. Um, and for me, and I think for any actor, it's very helpful to like know what the backstory is, know, you know, to find out that she had kids and like to find out like her past relationships and to find out where she came from and all that, that was really, really helpful. Whereas, you know, in the DLC, she was, you know, just kind of like, like a fun, like all I saw was her facade was, was in the DLC. I saw, I saw the character that she had created, but I didn't know what it was that caused her cre to create that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very interesting. So going back to when you were getting started and being super passionate about DBZ, um, you do voice uh, Chaozu currently, and you voiced Rei Ayaname in the Evangelion series uh, of movies. Have you found yourself being compared to the previous actors that portrayed them? No. Weirdly enough. <laughs> That's so bizarre. That's like, you would think, like... Well, I mean, I don't think anyone really cares. Let's be real. No one really cares about Chaozu. No. <laughs> so I don't think anyone really cared about that. But as far as Rey, I mean, that's such a beloved character. I think I think I was lucky, too, because the, the movies are so different 
from the TV show. Yeah, it's true, very much. I feel like that sort of set it apart, and I think also because uh, the previous voice actress was really nice about it. Like she wasn't like, you know, she didn't try to start any drama, which I think sometimes can happen. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, no, it was great. It was overall just a really great response. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, know, you said earlier, you've done very many like boy acts, uh, boy characters. Uh, did doing those like male voices come naturally to you or was that a struggle in the beginning? Cause you're very no, good at it. I'm just wondering no, if it took time. They came, for they came real natural. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I guess cause I mean, I've always been a tomboy. I think there's like, uh, I have a lot that is masculine about me as far as, you know, I don't know, like the way that I deal with stuff is a lot more masculine. I tended to always have a lot more guy friends growing up. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it really was surprisingly not difficult. Honestly, it's easy. It's way easier for me to voice a boy than it is for me to voice a character like Moxie or to even voice a character like that's like a really bubbly girl, like anything that's real like, like, oh, I'm just a normal girl, but anime style. So I don't actually have any depth, but my tits bounce <laughs> off, you know, like, <laughs> like those are way harder for me to play than the boy characters. What about Hideyoshi and Baka and Tess, the guy who everyone thought was a girl? <laughs> that, that was pretty easy, too, actually. Especially by that point, I had played so many of them. Yeah. I was actually mistaken for a boy up until I was, like, 20, 21. <laughs> oh, like, wow. seriously, like, constantly. Like, people would just be like, excuse me, sir. I mean, uh, ma ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the time. I think because I, I used to have really short hair. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But, yeah, everybody always thought I was a dude. So I, I understand Hideyoshi in that regard. <laughs> uh, what's a role that you feel like that you loved but you think doesn't get as much attention as it deserves? Hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a bunch like that. But the one that just came to mind, um, oh, my God, what is that show called? My character, <laughs> <laughs> the character is named claim uh hold on i'm googling it right now because <laughs> i i swear it's worth it uh fractal that's what it's called oh yeah we were looking at that oh my gosh yeah, yeah I, that's such a fun show and like no one ever saw it and it has good ratings on stuff it's just nobody ever watches it but it's such a good show and i love that character I, I only watched it sub. I have not seen your performance, but I'm gonna have How to do that you. now because it was I'm hanging up. Just kidding. <laughs> it it was like you're right. It was a very underrated show, and I'm gonna have to go watch rewatch it again because I want to see you do that, and I want to see that show again. It's so good. Like it's just a really, really well. It's such a good story, and it's such an interesting world that they created. I love that show. It, it's like Miyazaki made a TV show. Yes, totally. The animation is beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have to ask about, because it was one of our fan questions, um, even though Nina Tucker's was a very <laughs> relatively small role, in when you typically do voices that you know span entire series, how has it felt you know, being asked about a character that doesn't exactly have a very happy ending <laughs> and who's been such a short character but such a prolific character in honestly I'd say anime yeah, in general. Everyone knows that name. 
Yeah, dude, it's pretty cool. I mean, if you're going to play a character that only lasts for two, one or two episodes, you want to play a character like that. Um, right. It's so memorable. But it's interesting. That was my very first featured character that I ever played. Wow. I, I had been doing uh, the Bits and Wallace stuff for a while, uh, for, I think for like two years. And then I got Nina. And I actually thought because she was in the audition sides and usually if they're in the audition sides that means that they're like a lead character so I thought when I went into my first and only session <laughs> I thought that I had gotten a lead and I was so excited because oh. I was like yay I get to like do that so awesome and then we got to the final scene and it was like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's, that's over then, huh? Okay, that's cool. Um, but the story was so riveting and so memorable, I was still really excited about it. And especially the fan response after the fact, because I, I watched it, because that was whenever it was on Cartoon Network, I watched it when it aired, and I was really proud. Like, I thought it was such a cool episode, and it was my... First time watching uh, Full Metal Alchemist, I had always uh, watched, I pretty much only ever watched like Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing and that kind of stuff. I hadn't seen Full Metal. Uh, <laughs> totally. Uh, and so it was my first time watching that and I was like, oh my God, and what an amazing show. It's so cool. And it's crazy because, you know, for years after that, I even after getting several lead roles, that was still my most popular role for a long time. And it's not the case anymore, but it, but man, for so many years, that was like the, the like I would be on a panel or something, be like, oh, I'm Brenda Palencia, I play blah 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 blah, and Nina Tucker in Full Metal Alchemist, and that would be the thing that would make everybody go, <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god! It was like a mixture of like cheering but also crying. Like it was <laughs> like people don't really know how to respond <laughs> when I say I play that character. I mean, it was such a short role, but yet at, in that such a short time, we got so attached. You did yeah. such a great job with that. Thank you. I mean, I was directed really well. Colleen, Colleen Klingenbeard and Mike McFarland cast me as that role, but Colleen is the one who directed me uh, in the role. Now, did the shock when you had to do it all over again for Brotherhood sort of go away, or did that just sort of bring you back into a terrible, terrible scene? No. Because in my opinion, it wasn't as brutal in Brotherhood. Cause like, I agree. They didn't stick around. Yeah, because the original one, it was a span over the span of two episodes, whereas in Brotherhood, it was only one. Like It was pretty short-lived. So I was more just like, oh, that wasn't as <laughs> right. like scarring as, as the first one was. Uh, so you've also done uh, some really big roles in movies as well. Uh, Summer Wars is one of my favorites, and you did amazing that. So I wanted to ask, like, do you feel like the, uh, like, what's the production like for movies as compared to shows? Is it drastically different, or is it very similar? No, I wouldn't say it's that different. Um, I mean, the bar is set a little bit higher, because I want to say... Um, they tend to have, I don't know. They, I feel like they tend to have a little bit more time. Like they tend to be a little bit pickier uh -huh. whenever it's just the movie. Um, cause they're not having to worry about getting so many episodes, episodes done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's still not that different, but I will say 
Summer Wars is by far one of my favorite things that I've done. <laughs> I think it's such a beautiful movie. And yeah, like I, because the, 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 the relationship she has with her grandmother is so important in that movie. And um, I was raised by my grandma and she had uh, passed away like two years before we recorded that. So I dedicated my performance to her. So it was a really um, emotionally cathartic uh, project for me. Fancy. Fancy. Well, that's really amazing. Yeah, really had to wait to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also do Twenty Twenty Chopper in One Piece. Um, what's I mean? What What's that experience even been like? Being arguably the most one of the most popular characters in that entire franchise. Dude, that was the most intense uh, audition that <laughs> uh, that I've ever done. Because typically, when you audition for anime, you go in. They have the book of the characters. You pick three, the, and, and in, in the in like each character has its own page. Picture of the character, description of the character, and like five or six lines is the character. Makes sense. You pick three. You go in. You read. They might give you some direction. They might not. You leave, and then either you get it or you don't. You either never get a call <laughs> or you get a call where they schedule you like the next week or the next month or whatever. Wow. Um, for One Piece. They were real hardcore about that audition because um, typically you don't have to get Japanese approval for uh, the characters or for the actors that you uh, that you choose. But they in this in this instance, they did. Wow. And Jeez. so we had to man, I want to say it was a long time ago, but I want to say we had to do like three different auditions. Like we had like the initial audition round of auditions and then we had a callback and then we had another callback. And in the audition, we had to um, record an actual scene uh, in the show um, to just uh, and try to voice match the Japanese as much as possible, which is also not a thing that is usually asked of us to voice match the Japanese. Um, and so, yeah, it was intense. Like, and, and then like after that they had like, they had to pick their top five, I think. And then they gave that to the Japanese producers. And then from there, the Japanese producers picked which one they liked. Wow. I mean, not a lot of people really think about like that whole long process. And that's really cool. Yeah. Japan approved. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, so do you feel like there's a role that you've always like just missed or you want to do, but it's not coming to the States yet or something like that? A role that you aspire to try? Uh, I mean, I've been really lucky that I've gotten to sort of play a lot of different archetypes. Um, I honestly, my, the only thing that I hope for is that I can continue to do that and that I don't get pigeonholed in one thing or the other. I don't really get cast as adults that often. <laughs> like adult that's women. Yeah, it is. That's not really a thing that I, I, I think that's another reason why Moxie was so foreign to me. It was just like, ah, she's a real woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that'd be cool to start playing adults. That'd be rad. <laughs> I this is the first year even in on camera that I started getting auditions for adult more adult roles and not like high school or college uh which is has been super exciting but I'm not booking any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I feel like an adult, but I guess I don't know. I guess I just don't come across that adult like 
I'm not good at adulting in front of people, I suppose. It really changes things to voice a character with a 401k. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Motivations are totally different. (laughs) Now, we talked about this with Miss Clankenbeard. I so regret that we didn't talk about it with Mr. Sabbath. But here at the MA team, we do have a favorite series. Oh, yeah. My Hero Academia. So, My Hero Academia, do you love it or do you love it? I haven't seen it. <laughs> no worries. Uh, Best answer. No worries. <laughs> I did. I, it's funny that you mentioned that, though, because I just today finished an edit of a uh, of the – it's like a special that they're doing. Oh, like, the exercise episode. thing? No, it's like a – it's inside the episode where oh. they, like, interview the actors of the episode. So I edited the second one, and so I just finished that. So I got to see – footage from the second episode but i haven't actually seen it (laughs) so um now we're sort of winding down and as always we ask the same essential five questions to every actor we have on so what's one thing that you love about voice acting Mm. oh getting to play uh, not being limited by my physical appearance on what i can play Okay, I gotcha. Makes sense. It like really opens up the world. Yeah. Uh, what's one thing you hate about voice acting? That I can't use my face to portray my emotions. That's a good, <laughs> good one. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your advice to aspiring voice actors? Be an actor first. Uh, it doesn't matter how many cool voices you can do or how many impressions you can do. If you can't believably portray emotions in those voices, you will never get cast. That's really good advice. Uh, what's one, do you have a favorite moment or story as a voice actor that you would like to share? Uh, I have a lot of really great moments because <laughs> job is awesome. But the one that just popped in my head, um, because we were talking about that I was a Dragon Ball Z fan. I think one of the coolest moments uh, in my career voice acting was whenever I was uh, assisting Chris Sabat on the directing of uh, Dragon Ball Kai, Dragon Ball Z Kai. Um, And I was directing Sunny uh, as Krillin, and like it was during the Cell Saga, which was my favorite saga, and it's actually... Uh, what I got to watch Sabbat record whenever uh, I had taken a tour of the studio. And it was like one of those crazy, just, you know, full circle moments of like, oh my God, like my 15 year old self would be <laughs> freaking out right now. Perfect time for like an anime flashback right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wave fades and everything. <laughs> um, so is there anything you'd like to promote or get out there or, you know, talk about? Um, well, yeah, Battleborn is pretty dope. I love my character in it. Uh, also, I uh, play Paige in the Telltale's uh, Walking Dead Michonne uh, game. I think, what is it called? The Walking Dead Michonne, I think is what it's called. And it's episode, I'm in episodes two and three of that. And those just came out uh, this month and last month. Um, what else am I doing? Uh, I feel like... I'm forgetting something and I'm going to have a director that's going to be really mad at me. <laughs> oh, if you got if for anime, you guys should, uh, we finished it, but it should still be up on the, uh, on the site. Um, uh, Snow White with the red hair, uh, oh, is an oh. anime that I play the lead in that I love 
It's one of it's by far the best um, female role model that I've ever gotten to play. She's fantastic, and it's very family friendly, which I can't say about a lot of the stuff I've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's definitely something like if you have daughters, like absolutely watch it with your daughters and sons. Honestly, like the it's really just really good. Um, really good piece, like just to show, like, oh, this is what a functional relationship should look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't see that a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Miss Palencia. This, this has been amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. It's a great way to go out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you. there you have it, folks. This has been a wonderful sit down with the wonderful Brina Palencia. Uh, as always, I have been your host, Aiden Hall. Finally, signing off with me for the last time is the great Royce McCoy. And we will see you later. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, guys.